All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast for the final time this season. We're taking a two-week break for the offseason and we'll be back for the combine. But before that, for a final time this year, it's our Super Bowl show. Get hype. Brandon and Shane are with me as always. How are you guys doing on the day after the Super Bowl? Well, doing here. <laughs> it's, you know, it's... It, um... It's mixed emotions because, you know, while it's like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl is fun, now I'm like, oh, football's over. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, at least yeah. for the next couple of weeks. Um, so here's where I want to start. And we're kind of jumping into this pretty quickly just because the only thing we really need to talk about today is the game, mostly. And then we'll do we'll do our music stuff, which I'm sure you guys saw that on our Twitter. We posted our music. And we're going to have, I think, a really interesting conversation about that. But I, I think... The one kind of theme for us for most of the year kind of kind of called out to me kind of in this game where just bad coaching, right? We talked about bad coaching and bad play calls and dumb decisions for most of the year, even through the playoffs. And yeah, the first half was kind of boring. But if I if I'll be honest with you guys, this is one of the best coach games on both sides, offensive and defensive sides on on both sides. The the coaching was incredible, and I think the my biggest takeaway actually from this game is more of like the microcosm of a bad year of bad coaching and bad decisions. I mean, look, we got a Matt Canada award because of it, thanks to Brandon. We were complaining about the coaching for the entire year. It felt like right, and. The, and this game felt like the ultimate chess match, especially in that second half. And to me, obviously, who won that chess match was Spagnuolo and Andy Reid. But to me, that's what stood out to me is here's the two best coaching staffs in the NFL going at it. And it comes down to the final play like it should when there's two coaching staffs playing, doing a chess match or playing a chess game or chess match, a chess game, whatever you want to call it as best as it could possibly be played. Brandon, was that sort of your impression? It felt like it, you know, even it, it like, I mean, how many, like there was a lot of punts in this game. A lot of, you know, that when you have a lot of punts in a game, that's just uh, like tit for tat. That's strategy against strategy. That's literally defense against defense. We know these two teams had great defenses all season. And we knew their offenses. I mean, listen, I, I know Chiefs offense doesn't have receivers, but, it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, I, and Pacheco. That that's all they really need. Um, and, and great old line, yeah. And they're good old line. Yeah, their old line. Their old line was under under siege. It's funny they were under siege early on, but they made adjustments. That's 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 another thing too. Is that you know <clears throat> when you have great coaching staffs, the the ability to make adjustments is so key. And it's it's the it's it's not just making adjustments. It's it's when you make them. So, you know, when it when it came to halftime, you know, we were sitting here saying like, oh yeah, you know, the the, the Chiefs got three before the half, but you know, it, but uh, you felt like it was just a matter of time before they really made the adjustments they need to go on a run, and you know, and a lot of bad bounces, bad, uh, bad bounces in this game too. A lot of like, what was it, five, six fumbles in this game? I think yeah, total. five, yeah, five in total, yeah. But but. But in terms of the coaching staff, like that—that's how you want a game to be played. I mean, listen, it's—it's kind of boring because it—it does become a chess match for for two and a half quarters. It was boring. It was a chess match. But 
from literally from the halfway point of the third quarter on, that that game, it that it became a dogfight, and you saw the best of the best basically going at it. Bet the best of the best coaching staffs going at it. Best of the best, you know, all pro Pro Bowl players going at it. You know, your future Hall of Famers, and you know what we got in that fourth quarter, especially, and in that overtime was some of the the best football, if not the best football of the season. And, you know, but that's what you want out of a Super Bowl. That's how, that's the kind of drama you want when you have two great coaching staff. So, you know what, it's just, it's great seeing, you know, both guys go at it. You know, we know the history of both, both head coaches. We know, you know, we know what their assistant coaches have done in their careers. You know, it's, it's just, it was great. And the second half was enjoyable. And, uh, you know, for first half was kind of, first half felt like a feeling out process, but that's what you get when you have two very, well-coached teams that have two philosophies of how they do things. And, you know, it's kind of, it's that back and forth kind of spar. And then the second half becomes a heavyweight, you know, slugfest. So, you know, that's, that's what you want out of a game. Well-coached, you know, not necessarily well-played with all the mistakes, but well-coached and you couldn't ask for much better. Shane, talk about both of these offensive staffs and what they did in this game. Cause it was, it was a difference between a Niners team filled with motion, filled with, you know, a running game and then Mahomes in this offense kind of trying to find their bearings throwing the football in that first half. What were your thoughts of it from an offensive schematics perspective? Yeah, I mean, these these two coaches, Andy Reid versus Shanahan, are a prime example of two guys who are great at what they do, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> because when you look at Andy Reid, he, you know, he doesn't always come in on fire at, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Brandon said, that it was a very, that first half, it was like, really, you're doing that? Like, okay. But then, you know, whereas Kyle, in, on the other hand, he comes in, he says, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what we're going with. And, you know, it worked well enough. I mean, it, you know, it was only, he only had 10 points at halftime, but it was a good defense that they were going up against, and they had the lead, so it was like, okay, well, whatever. And, you know, so then when you get to the second half, though, I think one of the big differences between these guys is Kyle pretty much sticks with what he is doing, whereas Andy Reid is constantly adjusting, adapting, tweaking I mean, I think he's, I think he's the best in the league at that. Uh, he, and this isn't just, you know, in halftime. I mean, this is also like week 11. He'll, you know, switch things up and be like, okay, here's what we're doing, you know. And, uh, and then obviously it works out for him in the end because, well, three rings. Um, but yeah. And so I think, you know, it, it was, it was interesting. It was an interesting game plan for Kansas City. Um, you know, offensively, it, they kind of were doing about what I expected. You know, a lot of, especially in the first half, really running a lot. CMC and um, doing their little uh, dink and dunk passes, like always. Uh, but you know, the the thing with San Francisco that's so 
tricky is you know you know what they're you know that that's what they're gonna do is pounding the rock and then these you know shorter passes but the thing that makes it so difficult is that their running back is an absolute workhorse and they're and don't forget elijah mitchell too he had some really good carries as well they went with both of them for the entire game yeah and and you know when it comes to the passing game there's so much motion motion that it confuses defenses so that's how it's effective. It's it's not because they're like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. Now they know, you know, what they're going to do, but they just don't know like, oh, is he going this way? Who's, oh, who's, who's, who's blocking this guy? Who's, you know what I mean? It's just giant mismatch problem. And, you know, for Kansas City, I mean, having, I, I like what Brandon said, how it almost felt like they were just kind of feeling it out because there was, they were very conservative in the first half. And, you know, the thing is, though, they can be because they're an amazing second half team and they have been for a long time. <laughs> um, you know, I just I, I when they went into the locker room at halftime, Niners may have been up 10-3, but I was like. That lead is not safe. <laughs> um, and, you know, sure enough, they caught up and won the game but uh yeah i also think you know this was a game that was not one with offense uh it was one with defense and more and more specifically special teams oh my god uh, the punts was, were incredible oh can i say the punts the, were probably the best part of the game the two punters went I, off <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> I mean, it, it's, but, well not just punts but also you know, um, fumbles and uh, field goals. Whatnot. Butker I mean, kicking the most insane field goals ever in his life. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, that was because offense and defensively, they were pretty well matched. I mean, as you guys were saying, like there, there wasn't, they, you know, no one was really given and taking much but special teams was where you notice it was like whoa okay that's that's gonna make a difference and it did um so jake moody missing that kick that one kick changed that entire game yeah that one little extra point or the muffed punt that then turned into the first touchdown for kansas city how does that game change if he hangs onto the ball maybe they score instead of kansas city you know it's um, yeah. That's a whole lot of, you know, what ifs and all that. But um, yeah. When you know, when when they say, "Oh, turnovers can change the game," that's how. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect example. Um, how? Yeah. Yeah. So, but in any case, um, yeah. No, good game though. Um, you know, it's close. That's what you want, like Brandon said, in a Super Bowl and. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I want to talk about something important as well. We're talking about you know the coaching piece of this, uh, and I'll go to you first, Brandon, for this as well. Halftime in the Super Bowl, people have to understand in the regular season and postseason play, minus the Super Bowl, halftime's only fifteen minutes, right? That's short amount of time to make adjustments, make changes, because of the halftime show in the Super Bowl. Halftime is thirty minutes. 
And that's a lot of time to make adjustments. Those extra 15 minutes matter in the Super Bowl in the locker room at half. And I always love the story of Russell Wilson saying, oh, in both my Super Bowls, I went in. I had a meeting with my, with the, we had our, you know, opening thing. We, we, I had a meeting with my coaches. Then I took a shower and basically did my pregame routine again because I had all this extra time, which is very interesting. But Brandon, how does, how does those extra 15 minutes play into what the first, what the first half was compared to the second half, particularly for the chiefs? Oh, it's, it's massive. I mean, you know, cause it's when you have, especially when you're down at half, not so much when you, when you're ahead, although even when you're ahead, it, you know, it depends how much you're ahead by. Um, but when you have that much time, you know, when you have a 15 minute break in a regular game, it goes by so fast. It feels like you go to the bathroom, you get like a five minute speech from your coach and then you go back out and warm up for like another two minutes and then you're back on the field. Yeah. So it's like, so there really isn't any time to make massive, massive changes. You just have to make, you know, you just have to tell your team, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna do a couple things differently, see what works, and then make more of the adjustments as the as the game flows into the third quarter. But uh, when you have the extra 15 minutes, it's you you can literally make almost not wholesale changes, but you can make a ton, a ton of, uh, you know, even little tweaks are are massive adjustments when it comes to a Super Bowl, especially a close score. Super Bowl so you know when, when you look at just how Andy Reid does make those adjustments and he's done it his whole career both in Philly and here with KC but when you give him that much time he's going to to you know basically devise a master plan and, and figure it out you know you're not you're not you don't you don't just keep the Andy Reid like Chiefs down for a whole game you don't do that. That doesn't happen. That's never going to happen. That won't happen until him, Kelsey, basically the core of that team, stop breathing. It won't happen. So, <laughs> you know, when, and, and you know, but what does Kyle Shanahan do? He really doesn't make adjustments, especially if they're winning at a half. And most, and most of the times when they've been winning in games, even if it's by a score, okay, like how many times can you really think of when Kyle Shanahan made big adjustments? In the second half, not not any, it's, almost any, yeah, not any, exactly. So it, that's the difference of a game. That's the difference of having a longer halftime. You know, you you would figure, especially in a game like that, Kyle Shanahan also, you know, he's lost Super Bowls, but he never makes adjustments. What is Andy Reid doing? That's why he has three rings. He makes adjustments. That extra fifteen minutes gives you more time to make bigger adjustments to your game plan and figure out what works, what hasn't. The guys get a little bit extra rest to refuel and then go back out there. It's not like you're getting rushed back out there and kind of have to, you know, fight through some some little tweaks. Like you have that extra 15 minutes to go with your trainers, go with your, your teammates, have a group discussion, have position coaches discuss with position players, you know, what we're going to do in the second half. Those are all parts of the game that eventually it, it makes you know 15 minutes is not a lot of time obviously in the real world but the extra 15 that 30 is huge it makes a big difference and especially in a game of this magnitude it makes probably the difference and to continue off that too shane can you imagine how hot that chief's locker room was after you had kelsey yelling at andy reed for not going to the game you had you had Chris Jones in the middle of the first quarter huddle up the entire defense. Can you imagine how how much movement and motion and craziness was in that locker room for those thirty minutes, Shane? 
yeah, it certainly would have been interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, I've been between my time as a player and coach, I've been in a lot of locker rooms and, you know, it, it's, it's weird because no matter how the game is going, the vibe when you get in there is relatively the same from game to game, um, which, you know, you'd think like, oh, well, you know, if we're kicking their asses, you know, you get in there and everyone's all hyped or whatever. And, um, and But then, you know, if we're getting destroyed, it's like, oh, no, this, this sucks. But no, it's like, regardless of what it is, the coach is like, all right, we got another half to play. So let's whip and shape it, you know, and just, um, and so, yeah, and I think speaking on the extra time, um, that is another reason that it was a benefit for them because if it was a quick halftime, you can't really address those things. You just kind of have to mend it as best you can and then move on. But when you have... You know the 50, the extra fifteen minutes. I mean, yeah, Andy Reid and Kelsey could sit down and have a therapy session. You know, it's like yeah. So yeah, I mean, which they probably did at half. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is because even though the fifteen minute halftime is quick, it's really not when you're in there. It's because it is very. Especially if you're losing, you know, it's like you get in there, coach addresses everyone, and then you break into offense and defense, and then you break into your position groups, and then everyone comes back together, you get your speech from coach, everyone has their oranges, yes, that is actually a thing. Yes, the oranges. (laughs) Dude, halftime oranges, slap. Um... No, so then you do that, coach gives his speech, everyone gets all hyped, then you go back out there for like two minutes and warm up again. So there's there's a lot you can do in that 15 minutes. But 30, I was like, wow. <laughs> okay, you know, it's it's a lot of time. And aside from the schematics part of it, it's also just, you know, players get out of rhythm with that time. And, you know, it's like you were saying with Russell Wilson, it's like you're going into another game, a new game. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's another pregame basically. Right. And you know, that that's, <laughs> that's what's interesting is because, you know, especially, what was I going to say? Um, with with the extra long time, you know, it's like for some guys, that's a good thing. But for many, not as much, especially if you're in a situation like um, when Peyton Manning was in the Super Bowl against the Saints back in, was that 2009, 10? Um, yeah. That was that was oh nine yeah oh nine when they lost again yeah yep there was between 
Peyton's last snap in the first half and his first snap in the second half, there was an hour and 15 minutes. Jesus. Because Saints had the ball to end the half. And then the nine hour halftime happened. And then <laughs> you remember Saints recovered the onside kick. Yeah, so they, they, had the ball they, like they literally they literally went into the, the there's a to continue on that. I'm going to add like a sub point to this. Sean Payton talking about them planning that for 30 minutes was hilarious because he goes up to his kicker and he's like, hey, you ready? He's like, yeah, coach. All right, go do it. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and then and then that was like their plan right as they walk into the locker room. And now and the kicker Ooh. just sits there for 30 minutes. Oh no, don't and do just that. that and just like, all right, let's go. You know, and that and they got it, but like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. No, so so that's another problem that comes along with it. Um you know, I mean, honestly, I would just like if it were up to me, I would just get rid of the halftime show. I don't, I don't enjoy like ninety percent of them, and it just disrupts the flow of the games. I'm like, just come on. If you're gonna do a show, do it pre-game or post-game. Or they already, like they that. already do, they already do a show pre-game. There's a half an hour of a show. I know, and I'm like, okay, we got it. Like, yeah. Um, but, Anyways, but but Shane, from uh, from from your coaching experience in those locker rooms, how would you approach an extra fifteen minutes? How would you approach a thirty-minute halftime if you were Andy Reid in that question. situation? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, boy, what would I do? Uh, <laughs> I think it would just be. First of all, you know, I'd have to keep guys stretching and, you know, kind of staying loose while they're in there. Uh, and then that's definitely something to remember. But also, you know, instead of just meeting with your position groups and or with your, you know, offense, defense, whatever, and just making like a few you know, quick adjustments. I think you could, you know, implement a lot more to change it up. It's like, okay, well, so this isn't working, so let's try this. And you can really go into a lot more detail about it instead of just, yeah, okay, so we're going to do that instead. Um, and yeah, we'll see. It's like, okay, cool. And then, <laughs> and then off you go. Um, that's, yeah, I think it would just be, you know, more detail, keep the stretching up. Uh, more oranges, you know. Get a get, just make sure everyone's comfortable, but not not too comfortable. If that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, L- let's play a game of one thing right, one thing wrong. Uh, Shane, I'll start with you. In the second half, what is one thing right that helped the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and what is one thing wrong the Niners did to lose? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let's see. In the second half, one thing 
the Chiefs did right was extending drives. Because you could see at the end that Niners defense was exhausted. Um, and, you know, Kansas City, or sorry, San Francisco <laughs> was doing that in the first half with really long drives, keeping Mahomes their biggest weapon off the field. And I think what San Francisco did wrong was giving Mahomes two whole minutes and two touchdowns to drive down the field. And granted, they didn't get a touchdown, but, um, but you know, they got the game tying field goal that would then go on to win it. So that's probably what I would say. There's a bunch of things, but that's just, that's what really jumps out to me. Brandon, I'll ask you the same question. One thing right, one thing wrong. I think for, for Kansas City, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing was getting Travis Kelsey more involved. He, he was a non-factor in that offense yeah. the entire first half. And they, they shut him down. But, I mean, if you look at the kind of routes he was running and the kind of ways that as they, they, they were trying to use Pacheco a little bit more in the first half, it kind of seemed like the Chiefs were kind of approaching this very kind of, you know, conservative, like just what Andy Reid does. But, it you know, usually Travis Kelsey does get involved earlier in the game. When he wasn't getting involved until, you know, at halftime, I was like, what's, what's going on here? But they got him involved in the second half. He only had, what, I think it was one one catch in the first half and he had eight in the second yep. half. So, you know, they you know, ended up with 93 yards. So he had, a, he had like, that's a slow game for him, but yet it still was effective because they got him more involved. Um, but I think one thing wrong for, for San Fran, I, I think was, I mean, I, I know we just said it before, but I, I, I don't know. I, it's tough because I, I think the, probably the biggest thing I think was just, and this is kind of a very broad statement, but if you think about it, it's, it's how they play their game. It's just not making adjustments. They don't, they don't change. They don't change any of their play calling. They don't change how how basically they just don't change their style of football. They don't have. I mean, they, they haven't had to, but there's a reason why they haven't won these Super Bowls because they don't make adjustments. So I feel like when you don't make adjustments, it's just it, it's it's hard because you can't just say, oh, we had a ten nothing lead or oh, like it felt like when they got up ten nothing, it almost felt like they started to sit back, and I'm like, well, you can't do that against. And that, remember what I said. I mean, I said that if they started slow, and they technically did, both teams did, but it was more important that the Niners didn't start slow because if they did, they were not going to win the game. I said that. What happened? Started slow and continued slow. So uh, when you when you were not, when you're not keeping your foot on the on the gas, and when you're not making, when you can't feel a game, when there's no game feel from your coaching staff to make adjustments or for you to make adjustments. And I think that that's that's the biggest problem. That's probably where they went wrong. It's just when you don't, when you can't 
make timely adjustments, not even making just big ones. When you can't make timely ones in certain situations and when you refuse to kind of get away from the things that aren't quite working as well as, as they normally do, then that's a problem. And that's basically, I think, why they lost the game, just lack of adjustments. To piggyback off that, I think my Super Bowl MVP was actually a coach in this game. I don't think there was really a player that stood out. I mean, Mahomes won it, whatever. Um, he had fun at Disneyland today with Mickey Mouse, non-copyrighted Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, but my my Super Bowl MVP was Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. I, I just, yep. just, and and it just fourth quarter overtime saying, screw it. We're gonna, and Tony Romo and Jim Nance talked about this the whole fourth quarter in overtime, and they were just like, Steve Spagnuolo is sitting there going, all right, let's pressure, let's pressure uh, Purdy, and let's get him uncomfortable. And you and Shane put this perfectly two weeks ago when we talked about this game, about that pressure on Purdy. But and also another reason why he did that was, oh, I have Mahomes on the other side. If they score yep. a touchdown, I'm okay. If they score a field goal, mm-hmm. we're okay. And so he just went for it. And and it worked because we talked about Mahomes, Purdy, excuse me, Purdy being under pressure and all these different pieces. But the thing that really pissed me off about this game was the post game and hearing about it more today, which was that the Niners didn't know the overtime rules, which <laughs> I still find as an excuse. I, no, I, I, okay, yeah, but I, okay, it's fair that it's an excuse, Brandon, but I don't think that it's the Super Bowl, dude, and you're not even prepping for it to go to overtime. You're even thinking about the idea that it's a possibility. And the, who, I think it was Drew Tranquil who put it really well. I, I, I think it was Drew who said it in his post game. I could be wrong. I apologize. It was one of the defensive players, if I remember correctly. He put it perfectly. He's like, we talked about the overtime rules to, like every week during the playoffs. We had literal meetings every week about, or part of our meetings every week were about the overtime rules. And he also said no, that dur- it was tranquil. Yeah. And during, he said I during, mean, yeah. yeah, during, he said during Super Bowl week and the prep to Super Bowl, we did it twice. They were fully prepared about what to do. And Mahomes was saying, we're the reason the rules change, which is true. So if we're not prepared, <laughs> who's going to be? And they and he said, oh, we were going to go for two or, or if they scored a touchdown, like we were just going to go for the win because we trusted our offense and whatever. But the idea that he just didn't prepare for it and didn't know what was going on. And I also find it really funny uh, for another reason is because uh, uh, who is it? The, the referee who dang, I'm forgetting the man's name now. He, he goes up to them and he's like explaining the rules. But oh, though, Bill, Vinovich? Bill Vinovich, yeah, he's explaining the rules to the two captains, right? And you hear Mahomes say, like, hell of a game, dapping the other guy up. I think it was Fred Warner. Dap him up, say hell of a game. He explains the rules. And I'm and what I thought about today was uh, you do realize that we not only hear what Bill Vinovich is saying and he's explaining the rule set on TV, that goes over the PA at Allegiant Stadium. So you can hear it as well. Like, and you, you just ignore that that was even going on. 49ers, like, I, 
I'm so confused by how you are just not preparing. And we talked about the, the adjustments, but I can even make a claim that the Niners weren't even that well prepared. And look, yeah, they played on a terrible field during the week. They had the fire alarm incident, which, by the way, the fire alarm incident has happened every Super Bowl. Someone fucking pulls the fire alarm at every fucking hotel during the Super Bowl. It's fucking ridiculous. So with all that, I fine, right? But because it happens. This is Super Bowl week. Shit like that happens. But the idea that you just don't prep for one of the biggest moments of the game when you know that even as slim as it is, as slim as it is, we've only had two games now, Super Bowl history go to overtime. The idea that you just don't prepare for it is blasphemy and disgraceful. And the fact that they said it in post game that they were, Kyle Juszczyk was like, oh, I thought if we score a touchdown, we won the game. So Kyle Juszczyk would have caught the ball and thrown it up like he won the Super Bowl and gotten a flag because he didn't know. Like, I, I just, I, I'm, bro, like, I, I was stunned by that. That, that was something that I was going crazy over. And in that case, I also questioned why Kyle Shanahan just decided to kick the field goal. And maybe, maybe he would have went for it. But anyway, I think they were too far back. But Shane, what was your reaction to hearing that the Niners just didn't know what was going on in OT? I mean, it's, um, I don't know. It, it seems kind of weird, but then I think about it, it's like, you know, there's so many details and things that you're discussing during Super Bowl week. It's, I could see, I could very easily see how something like that just kind of goes over your head. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, you know, which is, I mean, the, you know, it's not an excuse for them, but I just, I'm just saying, I, you know, I, I understand that's like situations that don't normally happen. You know, you don't think of it just to think of it. You don't think of it happening, you know, so. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, I don't know if it necessarily hurt the outcome for them, but, you know, it still wasn't. <laughs> it didn't help. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I also think it's weird that they would be so open about that <laughs> and just, you know, sharing it, but, uh, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon, what, what was your thought about them being so open about just saying that during post game? I mean, you know, when you when you blow a ten nothing lead, and when you blow a halftime lead, you know, when you don't finish a game, you know, you're gonna find you know teams will always make some sort of. This is why I'm like, listen, I I understand that they might have genuinely, you know, not known it. They, they I guess they kind of admitted it, but I I don't care. Like, you're a professional athlete, you're a professional coach, you're a professional football team. You had two weeks to prepare. Stuff like this doesn't just that you don't just let that go by the wayside. Like I know it can happen; people are human, but you know I, I'm just you know if if the Eagles can't make excuses for a shitty turf last year, I don't want to hear excuses because you weren't prepared for overtime. Like so, so you know I I don't want to hear that, but uh, you know at the same time it's just like I I mean 
it's 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 weird. It's bizarre that they were just so open. Like they were. Just, it's like no team is ever going to be casually just saying that. And the fact that they were just so casual about just admitting it is very weird and awkward. Yeah, I was. I was. I laughed because I was like, "Bro, what?" But at the same time, I was like, "Bro." It's like it's like you know. So you're you're. It's like it, that, that, that's almost like basically someone saying, "Okay, you're okay with being an idiot." Like, <laughs> like, like. Okay. Yeah. Like, all right. Well. I mean, that's on you then, I guess. But, you know, live your life in, in unaware bliss like the Niners <laughs> were doing. Um, but I don't know. It's it's just that's – it's not the craziest Super Bowl, Super Bowl story we've ever heard. But, you know, but it's definitely like why would you not cover all your bases because you had so much time to prep for it. And, like, that's something that shouldn't go by the wayside considering that – this is sports, not just football. Games going to overtime. Somebody has to win. So, you know, like, I don't know how you just casually can just say, oh, yeah, we weren't ready for it. Whatever. Goodbye. Next question. Like, all right. Well, uh, like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but okay. So, yeah, just overall weird, bizarre, whatever other kind of crazy adjective you want to use for it. But end of the day, you know, got to be ready for – Anything, listen, that's just a life lesson. Got to be ready for anything that's thrown at you. Any eventuality. Anything. Other thoughts on the game, guys? Anything else that kind of sticks out before we move on to other ancillary Super Bowl stuff? I was going to say, can you explain your your position on the halftime show? Because me and Shane are in the same boat and you're not. I hated it. I I gave it a (laughs) 7. Bro, it's just... okay. Here's my problem. Here's my, I get it's Vegas, okay? So part of it is that it's Vegas. This was just... I, I'm going to be weird here, but this was just the male version of Shakira's halftime years ago. The Like, Shakira and J-Lo's halftime was good, but it was just porn. It was literally just porn for 30 minutes on TV. Legalized porn. This was the same thing. You had... Strip teases by Usher, who got in, who got married after the game. By the way, props to him. He actually got married like right after the game. Props to him. Um, we have you know him like all over Alicia Keys. We have strippers doing pole dances, and him just wildly dancing. It's like sure, but it's nothing special. Like Lady Gaga opened her halftime by falling from the damn ceiling. What? what? Like, I, I didn't love her halftime, but I was like, bro, that's an intro. Like, I don't... And, like, I get it. Look, like, it's kind of... He's in the middle of his tour where he's doing all of his songs. He's in the past, present, future tour right now. So he did kind of basically a, a bridge version of those set of that set. So I understand that. But at the same time, I was like, bro, this is just pornography. <laughs> like, I know it sounds awful, but, bro, like, the, the, why is the halftime show like this? I don't think it's all of them. I don't like that. (laughs) Shakira's, yeah, Shakira's was. This one was. I was like, why though? Like, can we just focus on the the music for? And by the way, this I think was also one of the shortest halftime performances ever. It was. was He said he said it was ten minutes long. That was short as hell. And I just didn't. I didn't like how short it was. I felt like part of it was that he just couldn't be exotic or whatever i just didn't i think it's a good one but the idea that next year this is in the top five for super bowl halftimes is gross oh no 
And and that, that oh, I think I, it's a I don't seven. Think anyone's saying that. I bet you some people are, because that's the case with all these half times. But that being said, I didn't think it was good. But I was just like, bro, this is. I understand, right? We Brandon, you and I talked about it on the phone. You know, this is Usher. This is his concerts. So this is what he does. But part of me is like, this is the Super Bowl. You have to do something different. You have to do something that makes me more engaged other than what your normal set looks like. Everyone knows what Usher's normal sets are like. It was just the same thing. It was just the same thing that he's always done. And it's good, but it's not special. It's not all-time great level stuff. And, and that's where I feel like we talked about Prince. We talked about Eminem and Jay-Z at number two. There's a reason those two are at the top. There's a reason why those two halftimes are so good. It's because they did something special. They did something new, unique. They brought out unique guests. They did something different. And I feel like when you're doing a Super Bowl halftime, there has to be a level of we need to do something different. We need to do something that surpasses what the bar is for this halftime. And to me, Usher just didn't do that job very well. And that it's still a good halftime, but it's not an all-time great. And uh, we're very lucky to have seen some all-time great halftimes in our lifetime. So it makes this one just another sort of flash in the pan for me. But what, what were your guys' thoughts on it? Honestly, well, the halftime shows... Yeah. I mean, the halftime shows my least favorite part of the whole day, so... You know, I'm just so I, I look at it and I'm just like, well, you know, if it's half decent and, you know, it's over with, then I'm like, cool. And it was, <laughs> so I was like, great, bye. <laughs> Let's get back to the game now. I didn't, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't, you know, to me, it was just like, all right, yeah, cool. But Brandon, you enjoyed it, right? You felt like it was yeah. really good. You know, see, it's like for me too, it also depends. I feel like, just like how we said, just like before we got on here, we were talking about how music is subjective, right? And we'll talk and, about that when we do our music sets, because I think it, that's a very interesting thought. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's like, you know, not everybody's going to love it, not everybody's going to hate it. People are going to fall in the middle, all that stuff, because music is subjective. And it's like, I think for me, like a reason why I liked it and why I liked, you know, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, that's all music that I grew up on. Like I didn't, I didn't care for Lady Gaga. I didn't care when Bruno Mars did it. I didn't care for Shakira. I didn't care for Rihanna. Like I, and I didn't think they were that, that they were that good anyway, but Eminem one know, was special though. That one was special. Yeah. Yeah. That, in that one, I'm saying like, you know, when it comes to like guys like that, guys like, like Usher, like a Prince, it's like, that's all music. As a kid, I listened to, I listened to in the backseat of my mom's car, my dad's car, my grandparents, my uncle, you know, the, you know, that was stuff that I grew up on. So to hear the classics and to hear it being done with the, with, you know, especially when they did. Yeah. With bringing out Ludacris and Lil John, it's like, that's really cool. Um, you know, cause I mean, Ludacris they had to bring out because it's his verses on there, but Lil John, they really didn't have to. Um, but you know, so it's just like I, I connected with it because of the music. And I can remember the simple the simpler times I had growing up with that kind of music in my house. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's just cool. I the more I kind of sit and think about it, the more 
I'm like, because I did say I loved it. I'm more, I've cooled off a little bit in the 24 hours I've had to sit and kind of think about it. But I still kind of, I still kind of give it where I thought I would give it. I still give it that eight. I'm not going to give it a seven. I think it was better, a little bit better than that. But it wasn't like a nine or a ten, obviously. But it, I think a solid eight is fine. Uh, maybe, maybe to an eight and a half if if, it's, if I could stretch it. Um, but I just, you know, the music behind it, the fact that, because I like halftime shows. Like, I don't need all the glitz and glamour. I just need you to do your hits to get the people to feel like it's a party because it, it is and to then just get off the stage. I don't need the whole, you know, five minute intro, like Michael Jackson staying there for 15 minutes. I don't need the whole, you know, lady guy got driving from the ceiling. I'm like, okay, that was cool, but I don't need to waste five minutes of that before she even starts to do a song. Like, you know, I, I, I just like having the artist kind of have a cool kind of backdrop with them. Like the Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg one, they had that each of their own sets were based on where they've been in their careers. I mean, I'm from Detroit, you know, more urban looking. But know, it was also very Dogg. L.A. Like that. Why yeah. I think that one is like top tier for me and why that one is in the special category is because it felt like the city it was from. I guess I guess it is. But like, I don't want to picture Vegas and picture strippers. I just don't want to do that. I just oh, don't think, think about I mean, it does play, if you think about it, Usher's halftime does play into the idea of Sin City. And that's what Vegas is. So, yeah. you know. It's it, just not in the same way, I guess, is my point. Yeah. But, you know, like, I, I have no problem with him with him doing that. Like, you know, I, I want it to feel like it's a mini concert. I don't want it to feel like it's a it's pageantry or that it's overblown. Like, you know, it's like there's so much overblown stuff in the pregame. And like during the game too, with like you know, zeroing on every little celebrity at the game, things like that. Like it's so overblown. I like just having a halftime show that's more, not not completely stripped back, but but it doesn't have to be crazy for me to really like it. So it just has the music has to be just good, at least in, obviously subjective. It has to be good for my taste, and it has to be. I have to feel like I'm I'm just at a mini party for 15 minutes. That's all I care about. This one, the only, the only knock I have on this one, and why I don't give it a nine, and why I give it an eight, just because of the time. It was ten minutes instead of fifteen. Yeah, it was so, really short. Also, her, only, her was good. Thing. Her was good. Her on the guitar. Nobody talked about that until after the game. She was great. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she, I, I, I even, yeah, when she her, came out. H e r her the artist. Yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 getting... yeah, I know. I'm just <laughs> saying that's who that was. Yes. Yeah, that was her. Well. <laughs> You know, uh, you know. That's hilarious. Uh, also, one of, the, no one, of the, one of the faces of Nationwide now too, with her playing the you know acoustic guitar. But yeah, her <laughs> her is cool. I I wish she would. Use, I know she. I mean, I know she can play guitar, but like, you know, it's like I wish she would use it more in her own music. Yeah. Because I because I know she can play it really well, and she was shredding that guitar too. It wasn't <laughs> like like that that was the closest we're ever going to get to seeing a guitar like an actual guitar player in the super bowl ever again <laughs> so like i i loved hearing that because it, it like her doing that too and the way she kind of played it like the way she kind of went about it it almost sounded like when prince did it yeah it was fire. so so that i really liked how she did that that was dope there there's this really cool thing that they posted on espn where her as an 11-year-old, seeing the national anthem at a Niners game, 
and then now she's performing mm. at the Super Bowl, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, pre-game, pre- this was the best pregame festivities I've ever seen. <laughs> amazing job by Post Malone. Amazing job by Reba. And I forget the first performer, but she was great too. That was the best pregame we've ever had. Because like pregame pastors were a little bit more drawn out. For Super Bowl 50, they did like all the MVPs came out. Um, I know there was a couple more where they were honoring a bunch of stuff. You're just like, okay, here's Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Here's all these songs. Here's just I, Reba did it in a country, like in a really cool country way. Love that. Really cool. Even if you're not a country fan, that was dope. Uh, which I am a country fan, but I think even if you weren't, you got to appreciate the goat in Reba McIntyre. Posty, Posty was great. Um, did, did Bud Light, Cowboy shit, Chief shit, funny. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was the best one just cause it was quick to the point. Great. We get this awesome stuff done. We do the coin toss. We do all this stuff. Let's go. Really enjoyed it. Um, the commercials, blah, blah. God, what was that? The only good things were dead. That's what it was. The only good thing was Deadpool and Wolverine. Very excited. And Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. I mean, I well, here's the thing. This is this felt like Super Bowl sponsored by Timu. Oh my God! So, so... many Timu ads. So <laughs> many every quarter. It's like shop like a billionaire. Like no, I don't want to no, shop like a billionaire. I don't want your cheap ass PS5, bro. I, I I think the one commercial, and actually there's two. Like I said, I was thinking to Shane. There's two commercials that I actually like. Well, I mean, because movie trailers are movie trailers. I don't get hyped for them unless. Unless they show a little bit more than what we've seen already, and like King of the Planet Apes, we basically saw that already. And then Deadpool was the was one I was like, yes, I love that they started with that so early because I'm like, yes, that's we don't good. have to think, we don't but, have to think about it for three quarters. Thank you. Yeah, but um, but then my two favorite commercials because they looked, I think they were the only two. Well, uh, there's three that were good, but two that really stood out to me. It's the Dunkin' Donuts commercial because it had every like Dunkins, every in it. Dunkins, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you know, people talk about you know Brady, Jalen, and Ben Affleck, and but Matt Damon was great in that commercial, and obviously Fat Joe was there for a split second. Um, so that was really cool. So they had they had a bunch of stars for that, and then the State Farm Arnold Schwarzenegger commercial, like a good um, neighbor, neighbor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that a lot. So those two are funny to me, and I really like you know how they they really made done those well. But the uh, the one that's underrated. That I think people are aren't even talking about because it, it kind of seems like it's forgettable. But to me, I really liked it just because I liked him as an actor. Christopher Walken's commercial, yeah. I thought it was was cool. Which so, one did he do again? Know. Uh, crap. I'm trying. I saw it, but I can't remember. What it was. Everyone was talking like him. Yeah, everybody oh. was kind of talking like him because he has that real strong, you know, New Yorker accent. But yeah, but that I forget what it was for, but. That that was really funny to me. So th- those three were good, but everything else was either hey, here's another Timu ad, or hey, here's an ad that we've shown you three weeks ago during during the first round of the playoffs, or during the Pro Bowl. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, okay, I don't care. Um, Shane, do you have any thoughts on pregame and commercials? Yeah, commercials were rather uneventful. Um. 
didn't watch the pregame stuff. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Fair. I, I was um, I was in the kitchen preparing wings and all that, and nice. I was like, oh, the America's a beautiful son. I was like, okay, um, you know, <laughs> congrats. I guess I don't know, um, but uh. But yeah, no, I I will say though, and I, I told you guys this. I think that should be our national anthem, as, as opposed to Star Spangled Banner. And that might I, be do, a I do, I do, I do, I do like America the Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. Any any thoughts on the on the like uh, pregame stuff, Brandon? Did you watch much of it? No, yeah, I watched. I watched it all, and I yeah, I liked how it felt. It, like they did it. They did. They crammed a lot into a very short time, but they did it in a way where it made sense. I, well, the only thing I thought was awkward was the Walter Payton man of the year. That felt like it was rushed. Oh yeah. That was um, a little rushed. I agree. It's always, it's always, it's always a little rushed because the only people who really care about it are like NFL nuts. Like us. We care about, Oh, yeah. there's Bobby Wagner there. There's all like, there's guys who deserved, you know, to be nominated for that prestigious award. But we're the only people sitting at Super Bowl parties who know these people. Yeah, it's like yeah, as a as a fangirl over Lane Johnson again. Yeah. Um, Lane was actually but, really funny, and his looks yeah. were hilarious. Yeah, uh, listen, people people want to crap my Eagles, but we got we got a bunch of personalities on that team that are really funny. If you think about it, but it's but it's you know, but it was cool seeing all all the guys there from all the different teams, obviously. Uh, but it's just weird having having Hayward come out and and. You know, give like a not even like a, a minute long speech. It was like a thirty second speech. Like, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, and good night. <laughs> like, I was like, all right. Well, uh, well deserved, weird. well deserved winner for Cam Hayward, but still, oh, yeah, that was very short. Yeah. Like every, everything else was great. I love Post Malone. You know, now that he's on his cowboy tip, now he's on his, he's on his cowboy stuff now. But, um, which I think is kind of weird but also cool because Post Malone has always been good. People don't realize that because they just say, oh yeah, he's a rapper. It's like, well, he's more than that. He's a multi-instrumentalist. He actually plays like drums and I think guitar. And well, guitar yeah, and he, and, he sh- and he showed that in America the Beautiful. He showed so much range in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people, you know, people don't realize that, but he actually is like, if you, if you can get past his his kind of rapper identity, it's like he, he is a good artist. But so I thought he was really cool. Uh, of course, my grandfather. My grandfather knows who he is, but he always forgets because he's like, "Oh, who's this tatted white dude on my screen?" Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, you've seen him before. It's like that's post one. He's like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't care for him. I'm like, yeah, I don't figure. I, I, yeah, he's not your demographic. Um, but looks like he smells awful. <laughs> <laughs> what a comment. <laughs> I mean, nothing against the guy. You know, I I certainly respect him as an artist. I I think he's, I mean, like you were saying, Brandon, he's, you know, I mean, a lot of rappers, you're like, yeah, the guy just mumbles a bunch of words to a SoundCloud beat. But like, no, he's actually like he's he's actually a musician like who understands all that and, and that's um, and that's also why he's gotten so many pro like high profile collaborations in his career too and taylor, like, yeah. Yeah. taylor swift too. taylor swift coming up in two months yeah jeez <laughs> but like but like that's, that's funny it's like when you do think about it yeah he he looks like he's that he looks like what eminem would have looked like in the in the early 90s <laughs> like he, he looks like yeah fresh out of you know some trailer park 
you know, fresh off, you know, dad's fourth divorce and hopped up a Mountain Dew. Like, yeah, it's like he kind of does look like that. Not gonna lie, but but you know he's a cool. But it's funny. But if you like people, this is why I don't like people when people kind of disparage people with tattoos. I'm like, he actually is a genuine dude too. Like he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, like he's a dope kind of dude. So I like that he did it. I like that Reba. She killed it. Uh, And I'm not even a country fan, but I can appreciate the legend that she is for country music. So she was great. So that was just a great opening. Out you know outside of a little bit of the rushed kind of Walter Payton stuff, but. It was still really good. And I like how they kind of streamlined it so it made sense, and that was like, that's how I kind of want every pregame to be like that. I love how you said hopped on Mountain Dew. I'm currently having a Mountain Dew Baja Blast as we're doing the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, which they did a commercial for, which is why I'm having it. Um, last commercial thing, Brandon. I need you to give you and your grandfather's reaction to the NFL Sunday Ticket commercial. Of Eagles players actually flying like eagles for two minutes. Oh my god! I I I looked at it and I didn't like. At first, I was like, "Okay, this is regular. This is gonna be like some sort of regular like TV commercial because it looks like something directly we would do." And then it, I see like the Eagles just spawn out of nowhere. I look at my grandfather and I'm like, "What the fuck is this? I was like, what is this shit?" I'm like. I'm like, oh my god, it's a bunch of computer-generated Philadelphia Eagles. Flying like, like and eagles. Then, and then, Flocking like and eagles. Then, and and his reaction was the best, and I can't stop. I'm dying laughing even 24 hours later, because when they started nose-diving into the water, he's like, hey, look, it looks like them this season. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and, Shane, so, and, Shane, and Shane, do you notice who the opponent was for that commercial? Hmm. I forgot. No. Tyler Lockett dived into the pool with him. <laughs> it was the Seahawks. Well, yeah. Yeah, the, the Ravens were there too. The Ravens were perched on a tree. There's like two or three Ravens perched on a tree too. And the Cardinals and the Falcons. Yeah, it was a whole bunch of birds. Yeah, but <laughs> that's oh my god. Because you know why? Because imagine if you know what would have made that commercial better is to get Jason Kelsey to be one of the flying birds. <laughs> Like, you, that shit? you, you like, know what? Speaking of that, you know what commercial my dad wanted to see that we saw during the Pro Bowl, Brandon, but he didn't show during the Super Bowl, and they should have. Jason Kelsey was doing Frank's Red Hot. Oh, and yes, they didn't right. show it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they might have shown it after the game. Um, let me think. Um, what do you guys think of the commentary, just as a whole? Because people are pretty mad at Tony Romo. I was fine with what he did. Uh, I was fine at first. But then, like, in the second half, it's like, bro, let the play breathe. Please let I it know. breathe. I talked too much. Like, like <laughs> I, 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 I still like Romo, and I like the fact that he breaks down the game, you know. And he, he breaks it down, not just from a quarterback and former player standpoint, but he breaks it down so that the audience can understand what he's talking about, too, but also be insightful and informative. But the problem is, is that he does too much of it. Like, let it breathe. You don't have to break down every single quarterback cadence, pre-snap motion, the play itself, the afterplay, the huddle. What happened in the huddle? It's like, Tony, we don't care. <laughs> As football fans, which a lot of us are, I mean, a lot of people that watch the Super Bowl, I get why, too. The Super Bowl, you have a lot of non-football fans watching the game. But... Watch the Nickelodeon broadcast. Watching the game. Yeah, watching uh, watching Nick broadcast <laughs> the big boy stuff for us. But but like it's it's ridiculous how I'm like looking at it. Like I was fine with it. And then 
in the second half, as the game got as the game got exciting, because like I said, for me it wasn't for two and a half quarters. As it got exciting, it was like Roma was breaking it down in hyperspeed even faster. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you don't have to do this, bro. Like, st- Tony, stop. Tony, please stop. I don't need to know, you know, I don't need to see Patrick Mahomes picking his nose in the huddle and why that's a massive Im- impact on how he feels in football. <laughs> I don't care, bro. I promise you I don't. Like, I was fine with it up until he got just so, like, anal about it. And I'm like, bro, it, it doesn't, it's not this serious. Like, come on. Uh, also, 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 when you watch Tony Romo for 23 weeks, as we all have, uh, you're you're used to it, so like him going even more crazy in the second half. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Tracy Tracy Wolfson not only did amazing reporting, that is one of the most beautiful jackets I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm a fa- I'm I'm a, I'm a fashion guy. That jacket is gorgeous, and it needs to be put up in the fo- in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That is the best sideline reporter jacket ever. And it fits the Super Bowl. It fits the Couldn't colors of the Super Bowl. Like... <laughs> it was pur- Shane. It was purple. It was like purple. It okay. fit the colors of the. It was sick. It- I just loved it. As a fashion person, loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, Shane, what were your thoughts on on the commentary? <laughs> yeah, no, Romo just talks too much. Um, you know, but I mean, other than that, it was fine. Uh, Especially the Chiefs. He gets very excited with the Chiefs. Oh my god, like, he was dude. freaking ah, out bro. in the final play. Mahomes wins it again. I was like, okay, yes, I know. I'm hyped too, but chill. I got really hyped, but still. Yes, and only Mahomes. Not <laughs> not, not, not Purdy. He barely talked about Purdy. And yeah, Purdy didn't have a great game, but they only did like one segment on him, and they did five on Mahomes. I was like, bro, yeah. give give our man Purdy some love, dude. Good. He wasn't even that. He wasn't. He was pretty solid. Um, the Nickelodeon broadcast. I have it recorded. I'm gonna watch it this week because I actually have it recorded because I wasn't gonna watch it during the game. The highlights Aww. I've seen. The highlights I saw. Sweet victory. The 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 firmly celebrity. Grasp it. The firmly grasp it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, just, but just brilliant. Um, just absolutely brilliant. Super entertaining. We need it. We need more Nickelodeon broadcasts. I know that, you know, it's a CBS thing and whatever, but, um, yeah, it, it was great. And I can't wait to watch it in full. Um, <laughs> they had the, the best graphic was they had a full, fo- they, 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 they zoomed in on Travis Kelsey in the sideline and he's like Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And his his sidebar oh, his sidebar God. his sidebar was good at football. I was like, brilliant, <laughs> fantastic, unbelievable, I, unbelievable, I, I bro, unbelievable. As, as long as they, if they do Nickelodeon broadcast, they have to get Bill Fagerbacky, whatever his name is, Bakerback, whatever the guy does, Patrick Starr's voice. He did it. He, he did it during. He did it during the game. On Sunday, yeah, and I, yeah, but then you know, because every he comes up with the most viral <laughs> moments, like he's perfect for doing this. Oh like, my! Patrick Starr it. always says the most out of pocket shit, and it's yeah, it's literally so it's like, shit. So if it, it fits him, so it's like it's funny that him during the game 
I love him giving commentary during the game, especially like obviously because we all know him for the Russell Wilson thing. You know, it's not what he wanted to cook, but it's like, okay, that was a good one. But then in this one, when CM was it CMC's fumble, he was like, you know, you gotta firmly grasp it. And it's like that's a SpongeBob reference too, obviously. So it's like that's I love that that, that he's on top of it all the time. So he's he gotta be probably my favorite voice that Nick's ever employed. But like he, just just for those two reasons alone. But he's good. I, I love what. He always says something funny in these games. Uh, just off the cuff, and and they were and they were they were right next to the the CBS booth, obviously. But they made the booth. They switched where the booth was located on the broadcast, so it was right next to Taylor Swift's suite, <laughs> which is just incredible, <laughs> just absolutely incredible. Um, and then they grab Nate Burleson from the blimp from the CBS set and bring him on to the thick great. Um, my favorite, Patrick, there was there was a guy who was live doing tweets during the game of like what they were saying during the broadcast. And at one point in the broadcast, they were like, Patrick was like, Patrick Mahomes just took over the title for the best Patrick. He's like, and Noah Eagle's like, whoa, really? Even over you? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, what? <laughs> just, just incredible stuff. Just the most. Uh, I, I will watch it the next. I will watch it because I've recorded. I will watch the Super Bowl again on the Nickelodeon broadcast in full, and I'll report back kind of what I thought about it. But from what I've already seen of it, um, it looks it's spectacular. Great job by the Nickelodeon crew. Fantastic, fantastic planning. I, I I saw some behind the scenes of how they planned all that stuff. Insane. They use a lot of Allegiant Stadium technology to get a lot of these things working. Um, even making SpongeBob and Patrick as weirdly animated as they were. Uh, just, yeah, great. Good job, Life from Bikini Bottom. Good work. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Anything mm-hmm. else? Uh, last broadcasting thing. Fuck that that CBS studio crew pisses me off. What bro? Bro, I know yeah. that the I know that the NFL a lot of them have their contracts running out this year, so it's gonna be a much smaller crew. James Brown is back. JJ has a contract, Matt Ryan has a contract, I think McCordy has a contract. That's all is under contract right now. I think Burleson is also gonna be back. I don't know. A six man crew for a pregame is fucking stupid. Yeah. It's so fucking dumb. I only watched it for no tw- chemistry. They oh yes, they also have no chemistry at all, and it looks like they fake it half the time. And I only watched it for twenty minutes. I was like, bro, if I watched this for six hours, I would have burned my eyes out. It, it's <laughs> so bad. Why do you need six people? And and that's it. And that's the that's the that's another thing. James Brown was like doing. He was like going to a TurboTax ad, and he's like. I'm sorry to the left side of the table. We'll get to you in a second. But here's this advertisement. It's like, bro, you don't say that on national TV. You don't say that on national TV before a Super Bowl. That is something that a producer says in your ear. You know what I think happened? The producer said it in his ear, and he just repeated it. I swear to God that's what I think happened. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on the... The final time we'll probably ever see a six-man crew in any studio ever. I mean, I said it to you as we as we were talking about it as it came up. Like you asked me during the game, and I said I hate this because <laughs> none of them get more than, than ten seconds to speak, if that. 
Uh, and it just it feels too cramped. It feels there's no chemistry, like we were just saying. There's just the best way to do it is to have three or four guys. That's it. Anything more than that is too much. It's too much. The guys don't get a chance to breathe. You're covering so much with so many people. It's like it just feels like you're you're having a speed race. It feels like you're having. It, I'm gonna expand on that. It feels like you're having a studio aneurysm. Yeah. And yeah, on yeah. and on and on top of that, they were throwing it to Matt and Jason on the sideline every five seconds. Yeah. And they were probably the best part about it. Um Shane, what are your thoughts on the crazy crew that the NFL today had this year? Yeah, it was just you know. <laughs> it's not that it's not that any of the individual guys were that bad. They just felt weird together. And <laughs> In yeah, again, it's just it's too many, too many people. It's yeah, it's, it's unnecessary. Yeah, it was gross. CBS, I know you have an older audience, but never do that again, please. F- fucking stupid. Um, any other Super Bowl thoughts before we uh, move on to the music? I don't think so. I don't think so. At least I don't. I th- I think we got through more than everything. Um. All right, you guys ready for for the music? Yeah. So I I I'm gonna start on this because I want to sort of elaborate. I'll have I'll have Shane kind of go from this point because this is something you said, Shane, and we when Brandon talked about earlier about how we all kind of had very different styles of music and how music is very subjective. I think if you want a perfect example of that, it's us three. Because I was listening to it this afternoon. Yeah. I was listening to it this afternoon, and I was like, I picked something really sad, really depressing. Shane had, and by the way, Shane, I finished your set in about five minutes because almost all the songs, <laughs> almost all the songs that you yeah. put on there, I've listened to before in your car. <laughs> so I finished oh. it very quickly. Um, uh, but like, I so your your so mine was very dark and sad. Shane was more like jazz focused, very mellow, very relaxed. And Brandon's like, bah, bah, bah. Brandon goes for just the most heavy rock. So like with and and not all always. of that, not it's always. Towards, the, there, end towards the end, it went lower. But like you know, but the the ways in which we all approach, and that's the thing that I loved about doing this too. Because Brandon, you suggested it way back, like week twelve, week thirteen. I was like, yeah, let's do it. This sounds like a fun idea. And we had small rules. We had like, okay, have a theme, have a, you know, some kind of a theme. But mostly it was just kind of, you know, have fun, go off, showcase, you know, the music, you, the songs that you want us to listen to and our audience. But because it was so open-ended, because I tried to make it as open-ended, it really allowed all of us to be creative and be open, just like us here on the show. And it was kind of a microcosm of that as well. But I I really loved both of you guys' plays. But I, I think overall, overarchingly, the best part about it was the fact that it was so different. Shane, what was kind of your overall impression of, of us three combined and what we did? Yeah, you know, it it just goes to show, I think, you know, what we all look for in music. Because, you know, me having a... A musical background, um, you know, playing guitar and bass and drums is when I listen to 
music I, I'm listening for, you know, the theory or what's, you know, what what are the instruments doing that I think is is cool? Like, oh, that was a that was a cool chord or oh, that was a an interesting choice with the melody to, to you know, and just that kind of thing. And, you know, oh, this is a nice groove. And I, I'm not listening at all to lyrics. I don't, I don't know half the lyrics to songs that I listen to. <laughs> um, I, cause I just, I don't, I don't really care about that. <laughs> um, it doesn't, you know, it's boring to me. But for a lot of people, like, you know, Brandon, you were saying that is, what you look for is, you know, what's the story they're telling. And, you know, I think that's totally fair. And that's why, you know, music, like I said, it's, it's so subjective because people go to it for different reasons. For me, it's like, you know, I want to hear some, cool you know like creative music choice or whatever quote unquote um you know whatever that means to you or me or whoever but then some people it's like you know i need to get my emotions out and yeah. some it's like oh i want to you know what what is this person feeling what do they want to share with me um and and yeah like you said it was very evident with the three of us and, you know, so my songs were all in there because they entered my life at a certain point or meant something to me. Um, you know, for instance, Benny and the Jets. That, I mean, is that song, like, amazing? Not necessarily. I mean, I think it's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love it because I love Elton John. It's become a staple. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it, it's, it, it is a great song. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the reason that I like it so much is because when I played football, um, I think when I was in eighth grade, I just won a game and it was the first game of the season and we blew them out. It was super fun. And it was, you know, I was driving home with my dad afterwards and it was like eight o'clock, you know, that nice fall sunset was going on. And he played that song in the truck while we were going. And I was like, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> and then um, and then it just became a thing after every football game. We'd we'd play that song on the way home afterwards. Um so when I hear that song, I just have fond memories of when I played football. So, you know, that's, and, you know, when you hear that song, it, it does not scream football in any way. <laughs> <laughs> you, and, you wonder why, and you wonder why I changed our theme to your theme, Shane. Yeah, no, and, and so, you know, but when I hear it, that's what I think of. And I, mm -hmm. I think of when I played football and how fun that was. And, um, you know, just good times that 
my dad and I have and you know that kind of thing so um anyways uh, there's reasons for all the songs but um but that's that's an example yeah um yeah um Brandon before we kind of do individual thoughts what what was your impressions just overall of us three and how different we all were in our in our choices I mean I expected it you know it's it's funny like I I didn't expect any of us to have anything similar so <laughs> yeah it's and that and that's what I liked about it I liked like I just liked how just lyrically they're different also but sonically they're they're different and it's it's one of those things where where I listen to you know bold dealers and I'm like I can put myself in different places like with, with it it's like you know Shane's yours kind of feels like it it feels like a mix between like like a mellow kind of walk in the park but also like I want to light it. like I feel like I'm back in like the the 20th century and it's like or like you know whatever whatever era you want to say from mostly from probably from the 70s but like i want to light up a cigarette at a restaurant and listen to this yeah like like for 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 certain songs at least and you know it's like that's just a more you know mellow and it's funny because it's like i like things like that it's like it's funny even though my my place is all over the place all different sorts of artists like but I listen to more than just that, obviously. But it's like when you only have a certain amount of songs, you know, you just pick kind of what you want to pick to put in there. But it's like I could have, you know, for mine or even for any of ours, I could have seen, you know, other things being put in there that based on our, our interest. But like for mine, like, you know, stuff like that, it's like, you know, that's why I said, like, I like I like listening to jazz rap, too. I like listening to like lo-fi. I like listening to like stuff like that, too, on top of what I already put on mine. Just that, you know, mine is the stuff that I not only artists I love, but artists that speak to me not just in those songs but in a lot of their other songs too so it's it's one of those things where it's like you know everybody's got something that speaks to them like you know yours with the, with the football memory and it's like rob's you know viewers is one of those things where it's like you know it, it relates to how you feel and you know with the emotions that you've felt throughout your life and you know up to this point and things like that so it's you know, it's one of those things where it's like we all it's that's why music is subjective. It makes you feel different things and different artists mean different things for all different kinds of people. So it's just cool that the three of us have have just completely different and like all three of us are on some end of the spectrum somewhere. And it's just, you know, like you guys, I think, stuck to a more of a sonic theme, like a sound, uh, more of a, a sound whereas mine i just went for what lyrics can i use that like what lyrics do i look for the most what lyrics do do re resonate with me the most what what stories are being told here that i like a lot or that i think are kind of fun or or relate to how i feel a lot like deep deep inside so you know it's it's all different things that, that go into our playlist that's like you know anybody listening or even the three, three of us can find something we enjoy out of it or even you know like if it's not the whole thing because you know not everything is for everybody but it's worth it to listen to different things and that's this is also why it's worth it to keep an open mind when listening to music because yeah that's part of why we did so this many... that's part of why we did this yeah. right just to see 
and it's it's just one of those things where you know you have to keep an open mind when listening to music you know there's something you're not going to like and that's fine you just you, you go past it but if you just give it a chance you might like it so it's one of those things where it's like you know with these it's like oh, of course i'm gonna listen to it you know you guys you know put effort into it but also it's just this is what resonates with you guys so of course i'm gonna listen to it you know regardless of, it could be it could sound like you know silverware scratching on a plate <laughs> or nails on a chalkboard, but I would still listen to it and give it a chance because it's like I know that it's it means something to you, just like mine meant something to me. So it's it's cool that we got what we did out of it. It's cool to kind of sit and reflect on it now that we've kind of listened to everything and it's like, wow, this is real it was a cool experience. That's why I'm happy that I kind of was thinking about this early in the season, early on in the season, and I'm like yeah, this this is a cool experiment. I'm glad that we had each had different things because it makes the appreciation of also just music in general, a lot more, you appreciate it more. It's more, you, you, you find things that you like and don't like and, you know, stuff like that. And just what each person is going through. And that makes it, that makes the art form more beautiful. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, Shane, I'll start with you. So what I kind of want to do is make sure that we kind of encapsulate every single ones and every single opinion. Um, so Shane, I'll, I'll start with you. And what I'll have you do is I'll have you do brands first, then mine. Give your impressions. Uh, give your favorite song out of all of them that the the person picked, and uh, just kind of your your overall impressions on each individual person's playlist. Uh, but uh, Shane, go ahead. Do start with Brandon's. Uh, talk about what what was your overall impressions, and then uh, what was your favorite song out of all of uh, the songs that he picked. Yeah, you know it's, it's funny because. Um... I definitely got the vibe with both of your guys' playlists that it was like lyric focused. Um, yeah, and um, so I kind of had to, I had to shift my perspective a little bit because, <laughs> um, because, I mean, I'll be honest, like a lot of the music in here, that's like you know, that's a lot of that's very lyric heavy it kind of i don't want to say bores me but it just doesn't it doesn't capture my interest because they're not as much about the music they're more about the story that they're trying to tell um but you know i really I, i liked a lot of the kind of the variety that brandon had with with his um and there was, I liked the uh, the song from the Architects because that's, I think that's yeah. a great example of, you know, like a a heavy, you know, kind of a heavier metal kind of song. That's not, it, it feels, where it, it feels like it's it's that way for a reason and not just okay. like to scream for the hell of it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it, 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 it feels a lot more tasteful, I guess is what I mean, uh, as far as metal goes. And um, But my favorite, though, was definitely uh, Sidewalks. I figured the, you would uh, say that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I like The Weeknd, but I'd never, I'd never heard that one. Um, and, and Kendrick Lamar is obviously great as well, but... Um, well, yeah, so that when I saw it, I was like, "What is this?" And I, 
and that wasn't doing it. And I was like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it, I, yeah, no, it was just, I think it, I, I felt it had a, a really nice groove and, um, so yeah, then that, that worked, that worked for me. Um, but yeah, I think overall yours, you know, yours really, uh, it was a lot of songs where I was like, you know, sitting there ready to run through a brick wall. Cause I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> and, um, and you kind of talked about how, you know, you like music that's more, um, kind of heavy and not like mm-hmm. depressing, but just, yeah, you but know, heavier like, sounding. Yeah, right, right, and and yeah, the, I totally got that vibe with 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 this, um, and some some really interesting uh, you know instrumental tracks as well because I'm I'm into that, uh, particularly from the weekend there. Um, yeah, I like. Yeah, as Jim Carrey did that too, which is funny, but <laughs> and um, yeah, and as for. Roberts, I mean, this was, um, yeah, I listened to that and I was like, wow, that was a depressing. Um, <laughs> that was very <laughs> intentional. That was very, very intentional. I was like, wow, is this guy all right? Um, no, I'm fine. I, again, this is the, the process. You, uh, so, really quickly, too, before you continue, I, uh, I'll, uh, let's talk about a couple things. So, this is actually a really good representation of like my life. It's very dark, and then it at the end it's like okay, yeah, we're improving, like we're getting better, and we're not feeling the same way. So that was sort of kind of my approach to it. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, I'll talk about it more when I get to to my set. But uh, continue uh, with mine, Shane. Um, yeah, no, it was just uh, I think overall it was. Um, Especially, I mean, for starters, the instrumental tracks were already kind of like, you know, lots of minor keys, lots of mixolydians, um, which are, you know, very dark things. Um, and then, you know, I'm listening to the, the lyrics and I was like, dang, you know, this, this guy, I was like, this guy's having a hard time, you know, um. <laughs> Not as much anymore, and, but at the beginning, yeah, when I really started to listen to these songs, yeah, for sure. Right. But yeah, and you know, that that's the thing though, because you know, you were saying it's like well sometimes when I'm sad I want to listen to sad music. And Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's like for me, I'm the opposite. I'd rather listen to like Happy from Pharrell Williams, but um Cause I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Don't copyright that. Yeah, yeah. Just two seconds. But, uh, <laughs> and it was in the wrong key too, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but, anyways, so, um, but yeah, no, and I, I did think that there were a lot of good stories being told with yours, though. Um, I really liked, um, the Bleachers song that you had. I want to um, get better. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was that was a cool one to me. Um, 
you know, just from the instrumental and all of it, you know, coming together. Um, it's funny. I'd never heard that Taylor Swift song. Um, and drum roll, please. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I, I, there, she definitely, she definitely has a lot of others that I think are more interesting. Um, because again, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really connect with music like this very much because like I said, I'm not, I, I don't really listen to music for the lyrics or the story. I, I'm more into like movies for that. Um, so I just, you know, this isn't like something that I would seek out, I guess, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that being said, uh, I think, you know, when it, when it comes to what, what you like and what you look for, this definitely, you know, it, it makes sense. Like the, this is, uh, you know, like Brandon said, this is about what I expected from you. And same <laughs> with Brandon. I was like, this is about what I expected. Uh, for him, and, 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 and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to add something. I was being such a fanboy here because I intentionally put in Taylor Swift and then one direction right after. I figured that. Yeah, that was intentional. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, all around, I, I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Actually, I, I thought I was going to, um, I thought I was going to hate every minute of this. But, <laughs> but then, again, no fault to you guys. It's just very different music tastes. Um, yeah. You know, and but no, it's like because you know I change. I have to think of it from your guys' perspective. It's like, okay, why are they putting these in here? And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, um, and it, yeah, it's just it is it is cool. It is it, it's fun to see. You know what really speaks to you guys. Um, Brandon, uh, you can go up next. Uh, start with Shane's, and then mine, if you'd like. Oh geez. So, well, I kind of touched on Shane's, you know, a little bit, saying how I, how I felt about it when listening to it. But uh, what's your favorite you song know? then from him, though? Oh God! I mean, you know, a lot of stuff is is very mellow. Like, well, ninety percent of it is, but there's a couple songs, you know, a little bit more, you know, kind of faster pace. But listen, it's the second I saw Benny and the Jets, I'm like, oh, because it's like that's a song obviously like we said like that's just a classic it's like to hear that i I don't get tired of hearing a song like that so like it's you know if i let me just pull up the the track list just so i got it in front of me or well i say track list but it's playlist um but you know when, when listening to stuff like that i mean listen i'm a van halen fan too like van halen is one of the groups i wish i could have saw obviously before eddie passed um but Rip, Eddie. you know yeah Rip, uh, uh, yeah absolutely one of the one of well i should say yeah one of the greatest guitarists to ever ever live um but greatest in my opinion yeah a lot of people would at say. least at least rock rock guitars yeah but. i think he's he's in my top five my top five is not really too fluid but but he's definitely in there um but you know to 
it's it's funny to include a Brokeback Mountain song in there, and I figured you would because I know how much you said you liked the soundtrack of that movie. It's so um, beautiful. <laughs> so I figured you would. Um, but, you know, like, like the trombone shorty stuff is cool just because it's, it's different to hear different music like that because not, not people like that kind of music. So it's, you know, th- this is like a this is a playlist for people that are, yeah, more geared to your kind of taste where it's like, you know, yeah, it's for weird to, music nerds like me. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, if you want to you know, really dissect, like, dissect the sounds and the, the, just the, the way that the certain notes are hit, certain chord progressions, like, this is where, you know, this is where we, we go into, you know, music theory time, listening to this playlist. Um, but it's worth, for example, you know, that is Binky. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, but I think, man, let's see. I love Stevie. Like, I mean, the first three tracks are by are by guys I know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, like, those are, I, yeah. Well, I know, I know, I've, I know John Mayer, obviously, you know, but and I know, I know, I've heard of Bruno Major, but it's like I, but in terms of like, you know, it's hard. Most people don't know that John Mayer though. Like the yeah. old, his old stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. his yeah. old stuff is different. Yeah, but, um. You know, because now he's Mr. Sob Rock. Um, but, you know, but like, you know, Van Halen will always just do it for me just because that's that's more my speed. I mean, Elton John was never much of a fan of just because that's, you know, he I like there's certain songs that hit for me and certain songs that don't. Um, Stevie Wonder, I love. I have the talking book on vinyl. So anything Stevie Wonder related, I, I you know, like my grandparents didn't care for him especially they saw him in his prime and I'm like, you know, not saw him, but you know, they, they, they saw him on TV in his prime, but it's, but for me, I love Stevie Wonder's voice. You know, he, he can do no wrong to me. Um, Stevie's just a God. Um, even though we make jokes about how the referees can't see a play and we say, Hey, Stevie Wonder would have saw that. <laughs> um, but, hey, I, I think, I think for us, it's a sign of love for him. Rudely. When we say that. Yeah. <laughs> versus yeah, the no, negative. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but everything in your playlist is just like, it's just, it's just, it's, it's almost like, what the hell is like, you know how music choice has like, j- like con- jazz contemporary and has like easy listening. That's where like this falls mainly, not everything, but like 90% of it falls. And yeah, quite it's a bit. just, yeah. And it's just like, I, it's one of those things where I can put it on and just mellow out to it. And that's what I like. I, I like things like, you know, listen, I am the more, you know, I like harder edge stuff, but it's one of those things where, you know, I can still put that on if I'm having a, a kind of a rough day and just mellow out to it. If I don't want to just feel like breaking stuff <laughs> with my playlist. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's that, that's what I like about it. It's just that it's, it's the vibe of it is nice. The vibe, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's tasteful in the best not just tasteful just like hey like like when you said ours was tasteful it's like yeah ours is tasteful but for a different reason yours is like actually like this is like you know sir bring me a bottle of your finest wine yes like like oh, yeah. tasteful <laughs> yeah um but but you know so that's what i like i just like that you can just kind of just relax to it but there's also just good stuff where you can vibe to it it's not just like just relaxing it's like you like you know banging the jets is a classic steven wonder's a classic john mayer his oldster stuff is, is classic you know, it's it's definitely things where it's like you know, as, and also as someone who who you know 
knows about Frank Sinatra, who's Frank Sinatra was born and raised in Jersey, and obviously you know moved to the city and things like that. So Sinatra's big here, not only everywhere, but especially here. So you know, hearing New York, New York, growing up so much as a kid, definitely like that. You know, that's what this reminds me of a lot in certain tracks. Um, but it's just it's so good. Like it's it's one of those things where I I just like being able to have the complete contrast to what my taste is. And it's not even a complete contrast. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I like things that are like lo-fi jazz rap, things like that. But, but my main stuff, if I'm in the car or if I'm at home and I just want to relax on a weekend, I would rather listen to my stuff, obviously. But this is stuff where I'm like, yeah, if I'm late at night or if I'm just looking to chill out, whatever it is, if I'm just tired, you know, but I want to listen to something, just, you know, just some easy listening and just kind of unwind for the night. This is the playlist I'd put on. And you know, it's like that, that's that's a good thing because you need that balance in life, not just you know. And, and that's why in music, it's important to have that balance. You got to be able to just know when to slow things down, know when to speed it up. And that's like that. That's like with this. It's like this is definitely you know more for the slower side of things. So and I like that. And it's just it's it's like it's to me it's fine. I, I really do like it. And then you know for Rob for yours, it's like man, I listen. I thought <laughs> I thought that that I had some, you know, sadness inside of me. And then I heard that. And I'm like, Oh man. Oh man. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, Oh, so, but at the same time, but I like that because with music, especially when you can understand, it's like when an artist puts together an album, right. And you put together an album with exactly how you feel when you write a song or how you play a song and you put it into an, into a, an album. It's like, that's how I felt. I can almost put myself in your shoes when you're making this playlist and feel like I know exactly how he probably felt at this time by putting this, especially in a certain order in a certain sequence. You yeah. Know, it's like, and then that's what I like about it is that like, you know, I love that you leaned into the sad aspect of it. Like, cause it's like, you know, with, with Shane, it's like, you know, chill out let's kind of you know everybody kind of have just a chill time let's vibe out yours it's like no i want to be sad and that's okay and i want people to understand that i feel sad but it's like but i want people to understand it's like you know this is still stuff that you know real people you know deal with where it's like you know it's okay to be sad kind of thing so it's like i just love how you know yours kind of falls in that middle ground between me and shane so it's like yours is it's not mellow, you know, obviously, but it's definitely sadder. There is more, you know, there are slower songs, but it's, it's more mellow. It's all oh, and, and, but it's, but it's also, it's also obviously more names you'd recognize Taylor Swift, Bleachers, Lil Peep, you know, all those different guys, one direction, obviously. So it's like, it's all names you'd recognize. It's, it's, it's also weird because I know that you you that you're also you know you're different because you're i mean i know you listen i've gotten you into a couple different arts that i like yeah but, and vice versa and vice versa but especially for you i know your taste kind of you know it's not it and i don't mean that this to, this is gonna sound bad but i don't mean it bad like i hope you know what i mean when i say this your taste has that more feminine edge to it no facts that it, it, the, like, the place is literally fat that's facts 
like I'm, yeah, it's it's, like, it's facts <laughs> like you know like it's it's one of those things where it's like but it's, it's cool because it's different and that's why i like that it's different it's not one of those it's like you know it's like we do a football show and then here's here's a playlist with taylor swift one direction low feed. it's like none of this fits a football show and none of that but it's like, but it fits you as a person and yeah. that's what i like about it is that is that that's why it's cool to me because it's it's like it's something different that you know no that really are, are just another guy probably wouldn't have but oh it's also not many just, would have it not many would yeah and it's but but the thing is it's just that it's cool because it's it's like this is unique to you and this is how you feel when you put something like this together and that's why it makes it sweeter even if it's not my cup of tea or even shane's to a degree it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can definitely feel the, the thing is the emotion is there and the heart behind it is there. And it's exactly. just like, and that's, and this is why we say music is subjective because it is. And, you know, you know, while mine goes completely in like, you know, a bunch of different directions, we'll see mine. I'll let you guys, you know, try to figure out. Cause I did try to put a theme behind mine, even though mine is very, very sonically all over the place. Oh my, oh, Brandon, can I, can I, can I, uh, can I make a quick comment on yours really quick? Now that you just said that, uh, go ahead. You know what I realized about yours when I listened to it? I was like, this is your experience with dating apps. <laughs> 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 and also mine. Uh, that's, that's funny. I mean, uh, that was one of the, well, that one of the songs I put in there was, was kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. But that, but that was not the theme of my playlist entirely. That was just well, one tiny, tiny piece of it. My it was theme, a happy accident. Yeah. Right. My, my theme is definitely, you know, cause I'm, I'm surprised. I, you know, cause you, you guys had a more clearer theme than I did, I think, obviously, but you know, or just more clearer emotions or sounds, things like that. Mine, I went for a theme in the lyrics, and I want. And the thing is, it's not a, it's not a, uh, a very like linear theme. It's, it has an arc. So, you know, I wanted you guys to figure out, see if you guys could figure out. I mean, you guys probably can if you know the lyrics, but, you know, but yeah, but but for you two, your playlists are just. It's exactly what, like. Yeah, if I'm sad, I'm listening to Rob's. Like, if I if I if I need to cry and I can't do it with my own music, I'm listening to your. But and if I want to chill out and stuff and just kind of have a nice night or just a nice, you know, enjoyable evening, yes, I will take the check, madam. Thank you for this bottle of you know four, of Pinot or something fourteen hundreds. Like you know, yes, then I'm listening to Shane. So it's 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 or have some cool. fun with your significant other, you know. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, you know what though. Yeah, I, that's where I was like, I didn't want to say it because yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the the uh, the R-rated guy. But bro, I already talked about porn time, on this pod. Relax. Uh, no, I know, I know, but I wait for you guys to bring it up because that's your guys' thing. Like, for, you know, I go crazy on the sports. You guys can go crazy on everything else. <laughs> um, but um, you know, but that, but that's what that's how I felt. So it's really cool. Uh, what was your favorite song from the ones that I selected? Oh damn. Oh God! See, it's hard to say favorite because, like I said, the artists you listen to, or the artists you put in there are not any that I would listen to, <laughs> obviously. And I've I've spent I've even said on this show, God damn it, I hate Taylor Swift <laughs> and One Direction and all of them. But but I mean, uh, damn! If I had to really, mm, God, I 
Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> man, it is so tough. There's a lot of like, really sad shit in this playlist. Just because, like, you know, I wasn't a Lil Peep fan. I like Lil Peep, though. Because I can appreciate what he is and what he did. Um, damn, is it hard. Yours, yours, I honestly, like, have to really think about. Because I'm like, wow. I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's just, that's heavy. Like, heavy, <laughs> heavy, heavy emotions. Like, I know the Jewish World song, so I'm not going to pick Jewish World. You know, Chain Smokers, I know. Um... You know what? I'm gonna pick it just because I do like the guy, and I'm gonna say Post Malone. Yeah, finish off but, with with I'm gonna be, which is yeah, yeah. That's that's just I like that. That was a last like minute this. ad too. That was a last minute decision, but I thought it was a good ending. Yeah, that's you know. I think everybody. I think we all had kind of last minute decisions as we get to the end of our playlist. But yeah, that, but Post Malone, just because of the talent that he is, and just the fact that he can make such sad music, but also uplifting stuff too here and there, like that he can be all over the place and do, you know, pop or do rap or do even the combination with just pop rap or do even now he's venturing into country kind of. So it's you know he's cool like that. Or even doing rock, he was on stage with Steven Tyler and Aerosmith, you know. So it's. It's I love just everything that he does. Basically, even if I'm not a fan of, of his music entirely, but I can appreciate the artist he is. So he's probably my favorite just for that alone. But the song itself is just great too. Like to me, that's a good way to sum up everything, all the emotions you, or the emotion that you put into this playlist. So that's really good. Uh, let me ask you guys a couple questions about my playlist because I'm actually really interested about this. When you guys listen to "Life Is Beautiful" by Little Peep what was your emotion when you clicked on it? And then what happened when you finished the song? Because I started that out and I just immediately went to, Oh yeah, the world sucks. There's a song about it. There's like the most heartbreaking song about the world. Immediately. What was your guys' reaction when I, when you listen to that? And like, cause I, that there's a reason I started with that. <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it was like, <laughs> i you know i was like okay yeah let's uh, get into this you know it was, was like whatever <laughs> and then i heard that one and i was like okay it's kind of a of a morose start here and then it was going and i was like oh okay now that's that's depressing oh yeah okay and then by the end of it i was like Oh boy! <laughs> that was just—I was just sitting there thinking, "Is every one of Rob's songs going to be like that?" <laughs> uh, oh my god! But, uh, but yeah, no. Luckily, it didn't get too bad. But no, yeah, no I, was, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> um, "Brandon, what was your reaction uh, to Little Peep's Life Is Beautiful?" I don't know if you've heard the song before, but I. I mean, I've heard his, I've heard other songs of his before. I've heard that one though. But uh, so, um, what was your reaction to me? What was your reaction to say that? Well, just clicking on your playlist and seeing that it started with Lil Peep, I was like, oh shit, this is what we're in for. <laughs> um, because because everybody knows how Lil Peep was just severely depressed. I mean, God rest his soul, but we know how, yeah. how bad he kind of had it. So well, he did. Yeah. yeah. He passed away. Um, I, I, I actually have a comment on that, unfortunately, with the place, but I uh, continue. Brandon? 
but but so i knew what i was getting into and then as i heard it i'm like oh so this is the tone setter for the for the playlist okay <laughs> like, here we go might as well get into my sad boy hours fully here um and and yeah but by the end of it i was like yep okay this is what we're in for all right <laughs> um okay. the the song when i so i just the the story behind this song is actually really interesting i was like what so i just searched up life is beautiful songs right and like thinking about being positive in high school at some point and i just played yeah. that song and i immediately started sobbing doing homework and just sobbing and then do more research in the lyrics and little peep and stuff like that. i was like fuck this is fucked this song is fucked it's the song is fucked. Like I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Uh, it's it's fucked. I, I don't. I, I I still listen to it and go. I can't listen to this every day. This song is so brutal and so honest and real and just and it touches on so many things. Um, this playlist actually has a lot of references to people who passed away and people who passed away. Little Peep, of course, Juice World, rest in peace to both of them. And then Jaden, Life is Beautiful, one of the songs for my close. Or Jaden, Tell Me About Tomorrow, uh, the song is about Koopa Norega, who passed away from overdose a couple of years ago now. Um, and he, he was very suicidal. And this song was made for Cooper saying, like, yo, you can make it another day kind of thing. Um, so many of this stuff is intentional. Um, obviously, life's a mess. Has is kind of a positive message about love, uh, and then it immediately goes to a negative message about love. In in young, uh, young is talking about the fact that you know long, young love doesn't really work. Modern loneliness is also a fucker because it it, it really talks about social media and how it has like ingratiated our lives. And while we're around all these people all the time, we don't actually. You know, we just still feel lonely because I talk about telling me about tomorrow. Washed up is interesting because that kind of goes into a bit more upbeat uh, pieces. Same with I want to get better. Uh, call it what you want. Did you guys listen to the lyrics? Uh, did it remind you of anything? <laughs> um, did it remind me of anything? Uh, I mean... All of her songs complaining about men. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this is not a this is not a men complainer song. Actually, Brandon, did you did you what did you did you did you get the reference that I was going at here? Uh, I don't. I might have. I probably missed it. Usually, I catch a lot of a lot of references, but no, I don't think I caught that one. This this song th makes me think of Travis Kelsey. This song is Travis Kelsey's song, in my opinion. Oh, okay. It, it's 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 because it, it, it's very much like um, it's very much like oh he, I wear, uh, he wear he wears um he wears uh she wore eighty seven at the Super Bowl, she's like and there's a lyric uh I wear a chain around my neck with his name not because he owns me but because he loves me, so that's kind of a Travis Kelsey thing. My favorite line from that though, and why it made this list was. Nobody's heard from me for months. I'm doing better than I ever was. I love that line. It's one of my favorite lines that she's ever had. Uh, Night changes is one from a friend. Um, same with quarter past midnight. Um, just going out, driving late at night. Good memories, good times. Old me is really good. Uh, old me is like kind of a good swan song for me for this because it sort of says these songs that are above it 
are, are, are especially in the beginning, are like the old me and I'm proud of this person for going through whatever you go through and I'm really proud of that era. Um, and then of course I'm going to be is kind of more looking into the future. So that's how I, that is how I viewed the ending is like, okay, let's be more upbeat. Um, but yeah, it was, I was like, I'm going to go sad because I, I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go sad. I'm just going to go for it. Uh, I think it really expands, explains a lot about my life, explains a lot of different things. Um, Brandon for yours, yours is really heavy at times. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. And then of course, finishing out with the weekend is legendary and the meme songs are pretty funny. Uh, I, yeah. I know, I knew pretty much all of them. Uh, yeah. a couple. Yeah. So I, I, I love that. I, again, I was expecting it to be really heavy. Uh, uh, my favorite song here, um, that I'm still listening to on repeat is nobody likes the band, but I don't know how they found me. Yeah, I love that song. Likes the opening band. Nobody likes the opening band. It's a great intro. Obviously did the Eminem curtain opening. Fantastic. Uh, but that's the real opener. No one likes the opening band. It makes me think of when I go to concerts, I'm like, who are these people? Uh, but then I start to kind of like their music. So that was kind of my impression with yours. Uh, Shane's I've listened to a lot of those songs and passing from you. Um, but the one that I, I loved how mellow and lyrically focused it was obviously. Uh, but for me, the main thing that kind of set it up for me was, at, or the main thing that kind of made me like really, really enjoy it was actually the ending, um, which I don't remember the song cause I got to pull it up again. But the final song, I was like, oh, this is really nice. Love the instrumental, love the chords, love the piano. Love the fact that you put an acoustic song in at the end. Yeah. Um, I thought that oh, was just uh, a... Casual? Yes. Yeah, I thought it. I thought that was yeah. wonderful. I thought it was a great way to finish it off. Um, on top of just the fact of, like, it really plays into what you did throughout the whole thing and finishing it off in this really, um, just really kind of more upbeat way. Uh, to complete it but yeah definitely a lot different um lot different stories behind ours i really enjoyed both of yours though um but again it kind of fits everyone is did you guys uh this was a fun idea yeah good good job brandon did you guys go through the meme songs at all because i i mean i've already i've heard all of them so i didn't didn't spend much time on yeah yeah i uh, i I was gonna i was gonna do romanian songs and i forgot so next year we do this we'll we'll do romanian songs they don't really count as meme songs they're just party songs uh i did miranda cosgrove and carly Fray jepson yeah (laughs) just because i I did i I did like i I did i i what do you think of headphones on brandon did that fit your vibe a little bit I was surprised because I've, I've never heard it. Like I knew she did music, obviously, but I never heard that. I'm like, since when did she do a rock song? I was like, well, what yeah. the hell is that? <laughs> um, and it actually, honestly, it wasn't that bad. It was, it was bad. I mean, listen, it's, it's kiddish. Bad. It's kiddish, right? It's, it's supposed to be a meme. It's a kiddish song, it's right? Still but... like that. It's still like that manufactured like Disney pop. That, yeah, that, like you know, every, that every artist well this would be nickelodeon pop but like yeah well, facts yeah. but like but yeah that kind of style yeah i'm not saying disney in terms of the company i'm saying you know what they yeah do. just what the style but, is yeah but um but yeah but i still it's funny i actually like that you know what's funny i but i love i love being able to just skip over call me maybe because that song made me puke as a teenager it also um, it also makes me puke now and that's why i put it in there 
Did you guys yeah. also get the Carly Rae Jepsen reference that I put in here? It's a show reference. Did you guys catch the show reference? Mm, no. In week, th- <laughs> in week three, we did a game called Give Me Three Words to Describe This NFL Team. Oh. And I described mm. and I okay. described what team did I describe? Do you guys remember? With this with with this song. <sighs> it was uh it was I Really Like You by Carly Ray Jepsen. Do you guys remember the team? I said this song describes this entire team. Um was it the Niners? No, it was not. Did, oh, I know we said the but that was too early in the season. I was going to say, I know we said the, the Cardinals were fun at one point. Bam! Um, it was the Cardinals! It was the, the Cardinals. Cardinals. Holy shit, I remember that. <laughs> oh my god. So that song is a reference to our show oh, when I picked man. the song as the reason. So, if that, yeah, I that that was the Cardinals was oh, that god. song. So, <laughs> that's but, that's also I put it in there, and then "Good Time" is a great one. It's just a nice vibey song, um, but yeah. So I, next time we do this, I'll put in more of a minion songs. I missed the chance, but yeah. Um, and I think the reason why my meme songs is just like I mean, like because you guys, there's some of them you haven't heard. It's like for you, yeah, for your for your guys stuff. So it's like it's different from my meme songs. I just went with stuff that was just hey, like this is what our generation was raised on that we thought was funny. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. I, you, I you, you, your playlist fucking rickrolled me. Thank you. God damn it. Um, <laughs> I love that I did it because I was like, you know what? I have to. Because when I think of the ultimate meme, what's the ultimate meme of our generation? Rick Affin, never gonna give you up. Of course it is. Oh god, oh, okay. I had to do that. Uh, so that was good. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, really fun. Um, really fun stuff. Any. Last thoughts before uh, we go on our two week break before the combine. I was gonna say, did you did you got were you guys able to? It's a loose theme, but were you guys able to deduce what my my overarching theme was? No, I just thought of dating apps. No. Okay. Well, I mean, there's an arc to it. I I chose. Well, I'm just gonna tell you why I chose the two skits first. So the two skits, real quick. Curtains up. I chose because. Not just for that album, for Eminem, for the Eminem show, but for just, I wanted it, I wanted this album to feel like a circus, and of course that's why you hear the you hear the slow kind of opening like that, like it's a kind of a demented circus, and then of course him stepping up to the microphone, obviously with the <clears throat> leads right into the opening band song, so I I did that purposely. Um, but then the reason why the, why it kind of why it was all over the place was because I wanted the sound to go from being kind of weird but kiddish to to you know kind of like you know like kind of cheeky, but to then going into like some more like with each song getting darker like progressively darker and then kind of finding a way to get lighter at the end and then kind of having an overall message at the end to tie it to the, the skit where, you know, where at the end Jim Carrey, you think is referencing death, which he kind of is and referencing going to heaven. But he then says at the very end of the song, you know, basically in, in, in very kind of few words, like, a, cause I'm just going to paraphrase basically him saying, you know, while you're still here though, you know, stop and s- smell the roses, you know, life is, is, 
is kind of what you make of it. So I wanted this to be a thing where it starts out kind of somber and kind of like almost like a kitty innocence. Then kind of as you kind of grow up and grow into it, you kind of get, you know, depressed things in the world. You kind of start feeling heavier emotions. And that's what I want to do with the Beartooth, Normandy and uh, Architect songs. And then by the end of it, you've kind of matured enough. So where you get to like the Big Sean, Big Sean song on the weekend where it's like, I can make it out of, you know, I can make my life be what it, what it has to be. And not so much. It just be like a freak show. Like it was kind of in the beginning or it being depressing. Like it was with the middle songs. So like, I can kind of, it's basically growing up. It's basically almost telling the story of some, of, 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 of somebody growing up. So that's, kind oh, of I love that. For. I love that. That's brilliant. That's cool. Mine didn't have a deeper meaning like that. It was just, <laughs> it was just songs from certain moments of my life, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, yeah, like the Van Halen, you know, that was my dad played that album for me. And that was the one song where I was like, oh, this is cool. And that's what made me want to learn music. And then, you know, the, then the, Elton John's the football song and I Wish from Stevie Wonder. That was the first song I learned how to play on the bass. And then, um, you know, and then a bunch of those was like the first, you know, kind of cool song we played in jazz bands and with my group and, you know, just things that kind of lasted for me. And, um, and Binky, that was like first time I, you know, heard something that I was like, ooh, oh, this is like, kind of different you know what is this what genre is this <laughs> and you know just how it changes around a bunch and um the only two that i really like have an emphasis on lyrics are the last two um because mm-hmm. they kind of describe how i feel about love and you know relationships and not just romantic relationships but you know friends family whatever um you know, in terms of like, I, you know, I, I definitely like to keep things casual and easygoing and mellow, whatever. But, you know, I also have kind of some old fashioned values and I'll, you know, get fancy for you and um, treat you well. And, you know, it's all that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and they're also in order of when I discovered them and when I, you know, when they started to make an impact for me. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. All right. Well, great yeah. idea. Great idea, Brandon. That was dope. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do, like probably do. We'll probably do another run of it next year. I would. I would guess. Um, with different stuff, but um, thank you guys for a great season. Uh, really appreciate it. Shane and Brandon, um, great season. Also, thank you to everyone um, from Sports Ethos, from Dan Bresperis to David Williams to Keith Cork to everyone uh, that we were in contact with during this process during the season. Uh, we will take two weeks, two week break after twenty five weeks of this uh, craziness, Boy. and um, we'll be back for the combine. I don't really know what we're doing for the combine yet. I'm still trying to figure, figure that out. out. I think we might do 
a live, like one of those sort of live shows they do for the Pro Bowl, but do for the Combine. So that might be when you see us next. Uh, and if there's any breaking news, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll go from there. Uh, but yeah, moving into the offseason, we got that. Coming up in a couple of weeks, we have Free Agency Frenzy. Uh, we obviously have the draft coming up as well. Um, and then from there, we got Schedule Release Day, which we'll have a show for on that day. Um, and then obviously going all the way to, to training camp and preseason when we're uh, doing a division previews. So that's our offseason plan. Um, it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of moving parts this offseason, especially at the quarterback market uh, that we will analyze, uh, I'm sure. But um, thanks again to everyone we work with. And uh, a deep thanks to Shane and Brandon for joining me this season. And I'll see you guys in a couple weeks for the offseason. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you all uh, who've listened. and. Uh, thanks to Sports Ethos for having us. It's been really fun. I mean, I, I assume we'll continue with them. But oh yeah, um, we, we are we are yeah. continuing here in yeah. the future. But yeah, thank you. Yeah, for, it's, you guys. it's been yeah, it's been great. Good platform for us, and um, yeah, and you know, good. Uh, I think we have a I think we have a good a good crew here between the three of us. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, any yeah. uh, any final thoughts before we conclude our uh, our NFL season, our 2023-2024 NFL season? Yeah, I think you guys said it best. You know, just thank everybody we've been involved with. But I feel like you know, with this platform we've kind of had, we've you know been able to hit our stride. I feel like, especially compared to kind of the early days of us figuring it out. You know, the past couple, you know, year and a half, two years. So you know, it's glad I'm glad that we kind of have our kind of our core down that we have people behind us that you know kind of let us roll with it and have fun with it but we you know we still know what we got to do to kind of keep it you know how it you know should be and how it needs to be um you know everybody listening you know thank you guys for listening as always you know because that's you know it's the reason why we do this we're like you know we, we love to talk about sports but we do it just because we want to we want people to you know hear us and hear what we got to say about sports too because it's just you know getting our thoughts out there is also important but and, you know, maybe other people that hear us have the same thoughts. So it gives them a voice to kind of, you know, express how they might feel about certain things. And obviously, well, for us, football. Um, but, obviously, you know, we covered it. We covered movies this year. We just covered some music. You know, we've had fun with, with our segments. We have, we've had some of my friends on that have, that have been funny. That have been awesome. Awesome. Um, awesome to bring on. So, you know, but next year there's going to be, you know, hopefully more of that. But. You know, it's not. You know, we're saying next year because next season doesn't start until September, even though our, our season is going to start in another two weeks. But our know, off gonna... our off season schedule starting in two weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's going to be you know that's going to be fun because I mean we're all we're, we're always going to figure out you know how can we have fun with kind of it being you know not a slow news cycle but a news cycle nonetheless a slower one than usual. So yeah, you know we we're get, we, know, have, we, gotta, we have we have we have some creative stuff up the pike for the off season. I'm just going to say that we have some really creative stuff. Um, some really creative ideas, um, that we're going to do. Um, obviously still need some planning from all three of us, but yeah, things are going to happen. Uh, but we, I think we need a, a well-deserved rest from the microphone. Um, after what was just a nutty season. Uh, but yeah. And, and especially because we're, we are a Chargers show. Hopefully we get to talk about the Chargers more next year because Harbaugh baby. <laughs> <laughs> because this year was a wash, and my God, I'm so happy that for most of the season, 
I got those three pillars in place, and I'm so happy that they didn't change. Actually, they eroded. So you know what? That was probably the funniest part of the Chargers season was the fact that every week I came on and said the same thing about this football team. So, you know, hopefully next year with Harbaugh, you know, with all those guys, we'd obviously, you know, get he'll get the most out of Herbert. We'll have stuff to talk about. They still have a really good roster. Got to see how the offseason shakes out. You know, we'll yeah. be covering that as we do. Yeah. So, but for But for all of us, you know, I'm glad that that I can do this with you guys every single week, and sometimes obviously during the season more than than just once a week. Um, and you know we're gonna have fun in the off season. We're gonna have fun next year. But thank you for everybody listening. Thank you to Sports Ethos for letting us do this. And yeah, this was fun, guys. This for this season, this was great. Even though we said that we hated it because <laughs> it was a weird long ass season. I, I think I think we but, all said it at different points of the year that this was our best thing we did on Sundays because the games were so bad. That yep. we just couldn't. Yeah, I, yeah. I look forward to this. It's um, like, you know, it was fun to look forward to this. This was the best. This was the highlight of my football season. Was this? Yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, the Chargers are going to have a very interesting off season. Uh, we're going to cover that in full. I'm uh, really interested to see what they're going to look at in the combine. I'm really interested to see what Harbaugh says to the NFL Network crew and his interviews. That's going to tell us a lot about kind of what he's going to do. But yeah, thank you to everybody. Have a wonderful post-Super Bowl week, and uh, we will see you all in two weeks for the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. We'll see you all then. Take care, everyone.